a Podcast One production. I'm Charles Fairley and for 30 years I've worked for big media companies like the Nine Network, Sony Music, AAP and Win Television. And I started Unsung Business Heroes because I wanted to give small business owners a voice, many of those small business owners that I met through my work, but also because my dad was a business owner. And so helping small business and marketing and getting to know the motivation behind business is part of my life. One thing that gave me the idea for this concept was that my dad had actually been interviewed in a book about 15 years ago and he was a boat builder as I mentioned up on the central coast and uh, you know he had 35 staff and uh, worked long hours you know he's there Saturdays and Sundays and um, I just realized that when he was coming to retirement where was all the record of of his achievements and his accomplishments and how could I tell my grandchildren about it when he was no longer around and so I really wanted to record all that information and create a little documentary about his life if you like so I, I think that really motivated me to go out and see other people in the similar situations. Richard is a truck and machinery dealer. So he now has new trucks and, and uh, so forth. But originally he started out in his late teens even doing secondhand deals and, and eventually went to America to buy secondhand equipment that he brought back into Australia. So he really had a world vision for what he was doing. And when we first sat down with Richard, I was expecting to hear stories about high growth and strategies around success and business. But he got into this amazing story about his son nearly uh, being killed through a fatal disease called rotavirus. And um, he actually started tearing up when he was telling us about it. For me, that was so powerful and made me realise that uh, Richard had really had this journey where previously he'd been 24-7 Mr. Work, you know, totally focused on work and making money. And then suddenly he's had these episodes of family issues and health issues that made him really do a 180 pivot. You know, he really learnt that lesson, which was the interesting part of the story, I think, the fact that he changed so radically. And we sat down with Richard in uh, his truck yard, in a small room at the back of his truck yard, and he, because he sells equipment and trucks and things, it's a massive area, but we had this little room, like a little, little meeting room, and um, it was a really emotional day for all of us, I think. So I grew up um, in Geelong as a youngster and uh, I was very lucky in many ways that I grew up with my grandparents so my parents were busy working you know long hours and uh, so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents as a youngster um, and I think that really shapes you in some ways because it, it gives you a lot of home values. Um, I think that I watched my dad in particular um, you know working 16, 17 hour days. I remember as a kid School holidays for most young kids growing up would have been going down to Lawn or Bowen Heads in a caravan. My school holidays started at a building site and they finished the day before school went back, and which was enough time to go and get some new school shoes. So, you know, working for me was part of growing up and I watched my parents work and I watched my grandparents work and, and I think it shaped us to understand the importance of working. I think if I had a choice, um, I probably would have left school at about 10 myself. All I ever wanted to do was go and work, but I think I was, I was forced uh, to stick at it, and probably a good thing in the end. But it, was, it made for some interesting school notes because I used to get lots of, 
school notes about my behaviour, but because he couldn't read them, I'd used to convert them into something very convenient. So a couple of days at home, he thought it was great. I had a couple of days off for doing a good job, but in fact, it was probably for the opposite. <laughs> I finished at Joey's in year 12 and then went and worked kind of in the family business. Dad was building at that stage and I went out with a bobcat and truck and started doing some contracting. I picked up uh, some work for the, at the time was the Werribee City Council. Today it's the Wyndham City Council. So I started off there and um, about six months into doing that, I picked up a contract working for pivot fertilizers with the machines. And a couple of months into that, had two or three machines there full time and um, the business grew from there. So I was only a young kid uh, I think I was about 20 at the time when I got a break doing that. And um, the first cheque I received from them after 90 days gave me enough money to buy uh, seven mini excavators second hand. And I bought them from an importer and painted them up and started using them and started building a road construction business. I think I enjoyed the success of working hard. I think we all enjoy the rewards, but I think more importantly, what working hard and success gives you is choice. People say it makes you wealthy, but I think wealthy doesn't necessarily make you happy. I think if you're successful in what you do and you're then able to provide yourself with choices, um, choices, the right choices can make you happy, uh, but not necessarily all choices make you happy simply because you've made a lot of money. Back in uh, the early 2000s, uh, we had three children, three little girls under three years old, and my wife, uh, I was getting on a plane to go to Tasmania, and I got called back from the plane up the platform and had a call from the hospital to say my wife had been admitted to hospital. She had a blood clot on the lung and um, wasn't in a good way. A gardener found her in a pool of blood in the kitchen floor. At, we lived at Kerlewis at the time. and. Um, so it threw the family into turmoil at that time. We spent several weeks in hospital where they were concerned that Julie wouldn't make a full recovery. In fact, we had lots of times where they didn't think she'd recover at all. Um, and she was, oh, I think she was at the time about 26 and fit, healthy, just developed a blood clot in the lung. Um, anyway, a couple of weeks before Christmas that year, she came home and uh, continued to recover. But at that stage, we decided to sell off half the business, which was one of our poorer choices over the period of working for ourselves. And a year later, found ourselves having to buy back that half of the business. Yeah, it was, was probably one of the darker times of, you know, one of the downsides of working for ourselves and taking advice. So we then continued on with that, sold the business out completely about 18 months later. And I went to the US looking for some opportunities with machinery. At the time, you couldn't really get machinery in Australia. Most of what we use here is well-worn, it's well-used. So I went to the US looking for an opportunity and I met a guy um, from Matthews Equipment, Volvo in the US, and he helped me establish a business exporting from the US into Australia. And in fact, ultimately, um, I bought his facility off him a couple of years later. The majority of my business ended up exporting as new equipment that was a couple of year old. So I'd go around finding bobcats and rollers and graders that were a couple of two or three year old, still new, uh, and I'd export them over here and I'd compete with the manufacturers here and sell them on the local market. So I did that for four or five years. That took me up to about 2008 or 9, and um, we become a significant player then in the used truck and machinery market. Um, we got involved in used ex-government trucks and we started buying and selling them around the country. Up until about 2012, we continued with that business and that business still continues today. It's still the biggest part of our business.
Um, we also hold franchises with Massey Ferguson tractors and Iseki tractors, so we have a passion for farming and the land. And we also have new truck franchises today. We have a Mitsubishi Fuso, we have Hino, and I have the only Mercedes-Benz off-road franchise in Australia, which specialises in the Unimogs and the big 4x4 uh, Unimog and Zetros range of trucks. Yeah, so in, uh, we, we made a conscious decision to move towards new trucks because of our own family circumstances. I didn't want to travel as much as I had been traveling. I was spending about one week in four in the US and I was probably spending three days a week around Australia traveling. At the time I had four children. My fourth child was a little boy and um, at eight months old, uh, he ended up in the Royal Children's for about 10 weeks, critically unwell with rotavirus and um, we were with him for those 10 weeks. We walked into the hospital and we walked out 10 weeks later and unfortunately, well fortunately it's a good story because he's well today, but it was a very difficult story along the way. There was as much uh, chance that he wouldn't make it as that he would. I think we're probably eternally grateful for what they did for us. I mean, we could have, uh, it could have gone either way for weeks and weeks. It could have, could have fallen either way, the result. And um, I think the way that we were able to show our appreciation, particularly to the children's hospital, was to do whatever we could. So we then got involved when Oliver came home that year. We um, bought some equipment that the children's hospital didn't have at the time. It was a particular type of endoscope. Today, that endoscope saves about 250 kids a year having a stomach operation. Um, and in the first short period of time when the machine was installed, they saved the life of a premature baby by using it. It was a technology that they didn't have that allowed them to go in and fuse and do all sorts of things with an endoscope rather than do um, stomach surgery. So um, we got involved in that. And since we've been involved in a number of charities locally, we support you know, the local community as much as we can. We enjoy it very much. You know, we've been blessed that we're able to donate some of what we've got back in. You know, there's a lot of enjoyment, there's a lot of reward, and we do it very quietly because I think that that's a real sign of your genuineness towards the, you know, a lot of people do it for self-promotion. We don't, we, you know, we, all our rewards been given to us. I think it would make anyone reassess their life. It certainly made us reassess our lives. And, you know, we went from, spending probably 80 or 90 hours a week working to probably 45 hours a week working and finding a bit of balance in what we do. And so um, because I didn't want to travel and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't too far from him at any stage, we approached Mitsubishi Fuso trucks. And uh, back then Mitsubishi was only represented in Geelong through a sub-agent. And uh, from 2007 to 2012, they'd sold 15 trucks um, in Geelong and when we approached them for a dealership, Richard Eyre, who's become probably one of my biggest uh, mentors and uh, biggest teachers in business and business life, um, he set us a target of 40 trucks to sell in 2013 and in 2013 we sold 302 trucks. We identified well um, the shortfalls of the brand in our region and, and we'd also understood marketing because of our used truck background. And in fact, our used truck background was a big step for running a new truck business because about one in every two new truck purchases has a trade-in. So if you're not good at dealing with trade-ins and used trucks, then you're not gonna be very good at taking new truck business. So um, we're very lucky it complemented our background um, and it worked well for us.
we became the most awarded Fuso dealer in history. We ended up with something like 12 or 13 awards over those two years. And uh, we enjoyed a market share last year of 71% market share to Mitsubishi Fuso on a national average of about 13%. So the, the brand enjoys about 13% normally and we'd taken it to about 70%. I think today business is all about people. I think the difference between my business and every other business is 40 other Fuso dealers, there's 60 other Hino dealers, um, and there's probably as many tractor dealers, and I think we all sell the same product. I think the difference between the success that we find and the success that others find is simply people. We all sell the same cab chassis, we all pay the same price for it. I think our people uh, are the difference between where you sit on the scoreboard. And I think that we've had some of my people I've had for over a decade. And I think the future of our business will be involving those people in the business. I mean, I only have one son and five daughters and I think um, I'm not sure any of my children will join the business. I'm not sure that we're going to have an, another generation of truck dealer or machine dealer, but we'll wait and see. We've got an opportunity at the moment, in the next month or two, we'll open up QLD Trucks, which is a used truck business in Brisbane, which mirrors what we do down here. Um, simply because the cost of transporting trucks around the country these days is becoming prohibitive, so we'll store trucks up there and trade them out of Brisbane. Um, but essentially I'd like to take the core people that we have with us today and take them on a journey of success and, you know, help them achieve what we've been able to achieve over the last 20 years, 25 years working for ourselves. One of the things that I think has brought a lot of success to our business is the way that we've been able to involve our staff in the social side of our business. So in the first year we got involved with the speed trials at Geelong which had been around since the 50s and we put, um, I think we put 11 cars in the first year and we had 100% staff and partner involvement. So we had everyone in the whole business and their partners and families there over the race weekend and all involved in it. So I think car racing is something that at different levels um, touches everybody. Everyone has an interest in cars or car racing or car collecting and we were able to find um, a common interest amongst our staff with that. Success to me is not measured by the number of dealerships or the number of trucks you sell. Um, I think my experiences and my choices, some of those were very good choices and some of them were very bad. I, I made choices that could have sent me broke at different times um, and I made choices that were very successful choices. But I think success for me is measured by how successful you can be as a father and as a husband, I think. It's interesting, when Oliver was unwell, um, and it's still a tough discussion to have, but um, all the money that I had, I wasn't able to fix it. And that was a, a real turning point of thought for me because you always thought that money would buy out a situation. You know, if you wanted a better car, money fixes it. If you want a bigger house, money fixes it. If you want to go on a better holiday, money fixes it. But money couldn't fix his health. And uh, it was a big, big, big arrival for us in life. Um, it's very easy to be successful at work. I think if you put in the time and effort in anything, whether you're a photographer or you're a writer or you're a car detailer or you're a pet groomer, if you aspire to be the very best of what you do, generally the byproduct is that you make money out of it. And I think that, I don't think I've ever found it difficult to make money. I think it's difficult to make good choices with what you do with that money. Um, but I think success is really all about, you know, if you can look back when you're 50 or 60 and you've got kids that um, 
look up to you and, and uh, you've been successful as a husband and as a parent, I think that's much more difficult than being successful between 8 and 5.30, five days a week. So I think the good decisions that I made along the journey were getting married, having children and bad decisions at the time I think are rush decisions. I made a decision at the time with business to get involved with partners and, and, and I think some partnerships can be enormously successful and, and some don't. And I think that uh, I learned a lot along the way. Uh, the good choices I made were all based on work and family. Investing in your people is a very good decision. I think I made a decision probably five or six years ago that I couldn't run this business on my own um, and the way to run it was with equally good people. And I think in business today, it's difficult to find good people. You know, you've got people that are your employees, but they're also your friends and in part, they're your family. I think the bad choices, um, you know, was part of the learning curve. And I think there's a lot to be said about making bad choices. I think if you didn't make, if I hadn't have made the, the bad choices along the way, I wouldn't be here today. I think that the bad choices are a real life educator. And, um, and I think it certainly opens your eyes up and, and, and it's a, it's a very fast learning curve when you make some bad decisions, you know. But uh, today my biggest motivator would be my children. Um, I enjoy the fact that we can provide them with a good education. I enjoy the fact that you watch them grow and, and you watch the people that work for you grow. I have people that started with me at 16 years old as apprentice spray painters and today they have a house or two houses and they have kids in private school and they've got a couple of cars and they're 26 years old, you know, so they've embraced hard work and I have staff that are emailing me still at 11.30 at night. They don't get paid to email me at 11.30 at night. I get staff that come in on the weekends. They don't get paid any extra to come in on the weekends. But I think one of the things that we can't buy, and it's certainly one of the things we can't teach in life with our staff and with our children is passion. And if you've got people with passion, everything else can, can flow. I think the advice I would give to someone in business today starting out is that you've got to challenge yourself and challenge the rules. I think it's okay to break the rules and I think it's okay to rewrite the rules. I think in breaking some rules, you know, you break new ground and you establish whole new um, parameters from what can be achieved. And I think that um, it was interesting at a recent, I spoke at a Mercedes-Benz conference and um, someone made the comment that we'd not only broken the rules in selling new trucks, but we'd, in many ways we'd rewritten them. And um, we had some nice compliments. Today, our marketing and our branding drives most of our network to greater achievements because they're chasing what you're trying to, or they're chasing what we've been doing, trying to improve themselves. So, you know, we've taken great satisfaction in our own results, but also the fact that we've, we're now contributing for our own efforts, we're uh, contributing to the improved results of other dealers. I think Richard had a real turnaround in his attitude and people say work-life balance, but his whole work versus family attitude changed and that flowed through now to his staff as well. So he treats all his staff like family too. You know, it wasn't a business decision, it was an emotional decision, but he sees a business benefit in that because the people in his care, uh, his family, his staff, that's his wider family, they do picnics, they do family days and there's a big benefit in that. If you enjoyed that story, you should really listen to our story with Susan Farquhar, who started Calla Property. Her story is really fascinating. She came from a background of abject poverty, but she managed to turn that around and take life's lessons and build a business, which she now helps other single mums 
to make better investment property decisions, so Susan's really giving back in a big way. Unsung Business Heroes was presented by me, Charles Fairley, in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. The executive producer was Jenny Goggin. If you'd like to see the videos of my interviews with these unsung business heroes, go to unsungbusinessheroes.com.au. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au. Download the Podcast One app or search for Unsung Business Heroes on iTunes.